It is great to be back here with you today. I always enjoy being able to be here, and as I told somebody earlier, you don't have to ask me twice to preach, although I'm preaching twice today, but that, you know, that's a whole different thing. It's midsummer, and that means for many people it is vacation time. Maybe you've already had a vacation trip, maybe you're getting ready to have a vacation trip, or maybe, like me, you just work all the time and you don't get any vacation trips. Maybe that's some of you. At any rate, uh, having a road trip is always a fun thing. There's, you get lots of benefits from taking that kind of trip. You get to spend time with uh, friends or family. Uh, you get to build a lot of memories. Uh, you get to see different things or maybe going back and visit some things that you've already seen. Unfortunately, as many good things that can come out of a vacation or a road trip, about the same number of bad things can happen. And I've had just about all of them happen to me, and maybe you have to you. I mean, you know, you might break down, maybe a flat tire, uh, maybe um, you could run out of gas, or more common these days, you could run out of money to be able to buy gas to put into the car, Construction, everywhere you go, there's construction, right? Traffic jams, accidents, uh, there's, all, there's so many things that can ruin a road trip. Uh, lots of our vacation trips or plans don't end up the way we wanted them to. Did you know that the Bible refers to our lives many times as a journey or a trip? or a walk. And as we take that journey or that trip, just like we take a road trip, we have to plan ahead. How do you plan for a road trip? My dad used to have one of these. Look familiar to anybody here. Yeah, now his had covers torn off and a couple of missing pages and so on. But when I was a kid, we knew that when Dad went into the pantry and pulled this thing down off the shelf, something exciting was about to happen, right? He was planning a road trip. We were planning where, what route we were going to take, how we were going to get there, and maybe what we were going to do along the way. Now, over the years, I know that has changed, although some people still have one of those, obviously. Uh, but, uh, you know, there are different ways that we now can find our way. There was a period of time where you could just call AAA and you could get something called a trip tick. Now, those things were little like spiral bound things and it had maps on each page and it traced the route that you would go to get there. And we used to have a little mini celebration every time you could flip to the next page because you were on a different map now that meant you were that much closer to wherever it was that you were going to go, you know? Well, then down through the years, that kind of changed. For a while, you could type into your map quest on your computer and maybe print out some directions. I imagine some people still do that. There was a period of time where you had to have a, like a GPS uh, special thing that you could have in your car, and it would give you the directions. Of course, these days, our trusty... Uh, uh, smartphones have all that we need. We just type in, you know, where we want to go or even just say where we want to go and it will take us uh, the best route to get there. 
at least allegedly the best route to get there. Now, um, whatever method you use, the same principle applies, and that is when you're headed to a specific destination, there is a specific route that you need to go, right? I mean, there's certain roads that will take you where you want to go and other certain roads that won't take you where you want to go. Example, when I go home today, I'll go back to Indianapolis, I'll end up somewhere out at I-65, and guess what? I won't go south. Because if you go south, guess what? You're going to see some interesting things, but you're not going to get to Indianapolis without a major course correction. And of course, if you go north, you probably won't get there either because there'll be an accident about 10 miles up the road, and that's the way that works. But anyway, the point I want to make is, and here's the principle, your direction will determine your destination. Your direction will determine your destination. And if you want to go to a specific place, there is always going to be a route that would take you there. That's true in your car, and that's true in your life. Now, I know a lot of people don't really believe that. I mean, you know, they think, well, one road's as good as another. Uh, you know, whatever road will get me where I want to go, and that's okay in my life because whatever road I take is going to end up at the same destination. But, you know, I disagree with that. I really don't think that's true. I think that's what Jesus meant in Matthew chapter 7 when he said there is a wide gate and a broad road that leads to destruction and there's a small gate and a narrow road that leads to life, right? And so we choose the road that we travel. And whatever road we select will determine where we end up. We choose the road and then we go where the road goes. And the wrong road is never going to lead you to the right place. That's why we need to be careful to choose the route that we take with our destination in mind. First ask, where do I want to go? Then ask, what road do I need to take to get me there? Now, that seems obvious to me, but there are some people who just don't get it. I mean, if your direction determines your destination, you need to be careful where you start out, right? Where you're headed. But some people end up in places that they never intended to be, ever, because they've chosen the wrong path. Now, that applies in lots of areas in our lives. And we can all probably look back and we can see moments in our life that we chose the wrong road and maybe we ended up at the wrong destination. Maybe that's true in some people's relationships or finances or career or whatever. And we chose the wrong road and we end up somewhere. Now, it's true that regardless of what you say you want to go, no, regardless of what you hope is going to happen, regardless of what your intentions may be, the road that you're on is going to take you where you end up. And sometimes it takes us to the place where we never intended to go. Somehow or another, there often seems to be a, a disconnect 
between our goal, where we think we want to go, and the road that takes us to a different destination. Let me give you a couple of examples. Now, if you're a student, I, I apologize for this in advance. It's almost time for school to start again. Teachers, I also apologize to you. Uh, parents, congratulations. It's almost time for school to start again. Anyway, at the beginning of the year, you'll see kids headed out. And man, they've got their new stuff, you know, their new whatever the, the list has at Walmart or wherever. They go and they buy all the rulers and protractors and compasses by, I don't know which it is. Anyway, they get all that stuff. They go to school. They're all excited because, man, we got a new year coming. I can't wait to get started. I can't, I just can't wait to get going, right? And the days pass, and the weeks pass, and the months pass, and pretty soon you can ask any student and any teacher, and they will be able to tell you exactly how many days are left, right? And they can't wait for it to end. What happened? And it, it gets close to grades time, and students are wondering what grade their teachers are going to, quote-unquote, give them. <laughs> I taught a while, and I said, you know what? I don't give you a grade. You earn a grade. That's the way that works. Now, sometimes a student will end up with a grade that they didn't say they wanted, right? It's not what they hoped they would receive. It's not what their intention was. But somewhere along the way, in those weeks and months, things got in the way. And maybe they didn't study or they didn't apply the way they wanted to. Now, let's stretch that out over a longer period of time. Let's say you've got a, a freshman student, and that student wants to get really good grades. They want to get into a fantastic college. They want to, you know, have a fantastic degree and a great career. But they start out, and pretty soon things start getting in the way. Other stuff, events, activities come up, and they look a whole lot more fun than cracking these books over here. And so pretty soon, maybe as time goes by, that student doesn't end up where they thought they wanted to go, right? And so they're like, mm, I'm not sure I'm going to get into that great college anymore. Now, in those examples, they intended to go somewhere, but the road they chose didn't end up where they thought they wanted to go. So that is the definition of choosing your path with the destination in mind. Now, the second lesson I think we need to learn is the result of being on the wrong path, the result of choosing the wrong road is regret. I mean, we, we end up somewhere, and uh, we don't end up always where we want to go. I, I imagine if we had a sharing time, we're not going to do that, every one of us could probably stand up, and we could talk about a time in our life where we reached a destination that we really didn't expect or, or want or intend. And we might even be able to look back and see that time we got on that wrong road 
that led us to where we ended up. Maybe we look back over our school days and we think, you know what, I wish I had applied myself a little bit more. I wish I'd paid attention a little bit better. Or we look back over a relationship that is broken and we see things that maybe we did or things that we said that put us on the wrong road and caused that gap that came up in that relationship. And the list could go on. I imagine there are burdens of regret over many, many different things from things that happened in the past when we get on the wrong road. Now, generally speaking, when people come to maybe a counselor or a pastor and they talk about a problem area in their life, what they really need is not something to be fixed. What they need is a change of direction. They've been going one way, and that's not leading where they want to go. So they need to do a U-turn and go back. And so often, that those issues that people think need to be fixed, simply a better pathway needs to be chosen. And so regret comes when we see that instead of going where we want to go, we're going where this road leads us, and that's not the same place. And so when we, when we start out, we make those decisions along the way, and at the time, those decisions don't seem that important. I mean, it's an isolated decision. I do this instead of that, or I do that instead of that. But when you put them all together, you can look back and see a pattern that's put you on the wrong road. Now, unfortunately, as much as we would like to, we are not allowed to have a do-over. Did your kids ever want a do-over? Our kids did. Now, I know Adam has told you a lot of stuff that he did in the past that got him into trouble, you know? I don't have to tell you all the bad stuff he did because he already has, right? But often, when something like that would happen, we'd go in for the talk, you know? And they, both the boys, they would say, I just want to go back and, and do it over and do it differently this time. And that's a great sentiment, but that's not possible. You can't turn back the pages of the calendar. You can't say, I want to go back to the start of the school year and this time do it differently. And that's why, you know, sometimes we just got to be careful about what road we're on because we can't go back and start over again. I said earlier that I taught in a small college uh, for a few years and uh, I know students who tried to do that. They would come in typically a couple of weeks before the end of the semester and they would ask if there's any opportunity to do extra credit. Now here's a principle of extra credit that I've learned. Nobody does extra credit to change an A into an A+. Nobody. Usually, it's someone who has a lower grade than they believe is acceptable, and they want to do anything they can to try to bring it up to more acceptable status. So they try to make up for an entire semester with a couple of weeks left in the term. One last, you know, steering correction to get on track. Now, you know, if you've chosen the wrong road, if you're going down to a destination where you don't really want to go, we need to occasionally take a step back and look at those roads that we're on and ask ourselves this question. If I keep going the way that I'm going, am I going to end up where I want to go? Is this the right road? 
is, is a valid question. And so we need to, that will help us avoid regret if we know we're headed the right way. Now, here's an important principle, too, and that is course corrections are allowed. If you realize that you're on the road, the wrong road, in your car, what do you do? You turn around. I hate it when my GPS says, go to the next intersection and do a U-turn. I hate U-turns. But you know what? That's what you have to do sometimes to get on the road or the direction that you need to go. Now, some people uh, are uh, very directionally challenged. Anybody here directionally challenged? If you don't know anybody else in your family who's directionally challenged, it may be you, okay? So that's a secret there. But, uh, you know, sometimes you give somebody directions and they kind of get the big saucer eyes and they look at you and you're thinking, there's no way they're getting this. I mean, there's no way they're going to end up where they're supposed to go, right? But here's something I've learned. I grew up in the country and I've lived in the city for quite a while and I've learned this, city people and country people give directions differently. Are you aware of that? So in the city, it's more like this. Okay, go down uh, two blocks. There's a stop sign. Turn right. Go three traffic signals. Turn left. Go two blocks, and your destination will be on the right. Here's how that sounds in the country. Follow that white picket fence all the way down to the corner. Take a left and go to where the barn used to be until it burned down a few years back and turn right. Go right until you see a field with a bunch of cows in it and turn left there and go until you see a John Deere out in the yard. That's where you're going, right? Neither one's right or neither one's wrong. It's just a different way of looking at things. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, neither way is wrong. It's just different. But however you give directions... And regardless of how directionally challenged you are, if you suddenly realize you're on the wrong road, you need to make a correction. You need to change directions. And maybe you can look back at your life, or maybe right now you can look at your life, and you can see how this principle of your direction causing you to go to a certain destination is not working out the way you want it to. I mean, you could look back, maybe you can see exactly the point where you started getting off on the wrong road, you know? I mean, a decision you made. And so you made a decision and another decision, another decision, and so here's where you're going to end up. And you might not like what you see. Well, if that's the case, it is time to start making a course correction. It is time to start moving in the right direction. And the good news is you can do that right now. You can start going in the right direction. Psalm 143 says, show me where to walk and I'll give myself to you. Proverbs chapter 3 says, if you trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own wisdom, but allow him to show you which path you need to take. So just let God lead. And that's because the principle that your direction determines your destination isn't just a determining factor of where you're going to end up. It also offers you hope. Because if, you're, because if your current direction is not leading you where you want to go, you can change directions. You can do a U-turn and go the other way. 
It offers you hope in your life. So when you understand how this principle works, you can use it to your advantage. You know, nobody plans up to end up where they don't want to be, right? Nobody. So if you see that you're not going in that direction, you need to make a change. Now, before we leave, I just want to give you a good biblical example of this principle. It's found in Luke chapter 15. That chapter begins with some critics being uh, grumpy with Jesus because he's eating with people they consider to be sinners, tax collectors, sinners. And so he tells three stories about things that are lost and then are found. The third story is maybe the very most uh, well-known story that Jesus told, at least one of them. We call it the parable of the prodigal son. If you know that story, you know it begins with a father and two sons. The younger of the two sons approaches his dad, and he basically says, Dad, I cannot wait for you to die. Go ahead and give me my inheritance now while I can still use it. Well, the dad didn't have to do that, and I'm sure it hurt his feelings, but he went ahead and divided the the estate, gave the son his inheritance, and, um, you know, he didn't have to do it, but he was willing to do so, and the son took his newfound wealth and headed off to a distant place. And that's when this young son set off down the wrong road. The Bible says a few days later, picked up what he had, and he went to a distant land. He packed up all his belongings and went to this far-off place. He made a choice. He made a decision. But he didn't really consider where this road would end up. He was focused on his fortune, not on the future. And and this young man was probably like every young person. They wanted to be out on their own. And so he's like, give me my money. And he wasn't thinking about that. He was just thinking about what kind of fun can I have with all this cash? So that's what he was thinking about as he packed up all his belongings. Notice he doesn't leave anything behind. He doesn't leave a nest egg. He doesn't say, okay, here's plan B money just in case it didn't work out. Uh, Hang on to this. Watch over this for me. No, he was only thinking about the future, what he was going to do. Then he headed off to a distant land. Get get as far away as you can from dad. And apparently, it didn't even cross his mind when the Bible says he was wasting the money in wild living. The word wasted, by the way, is a a Greek word that means he scattered the money, kind of like sowing seed or, well, he was making it rain. You know, that's what he was doing. And so here he was in this distant land, not really caring where his money went, just spending, 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 spending. And verse 14 says, about the time the money ran out, guess what? A famine swept over the land. Isn't God good? Well, I don't know if God caused the famine or not, but certainly God was able to use this famine to get the attention of this young boy. One day the money ran out. And what a coincidence, about that time, a great famine began, and he was starving. Now, I know that often, if we are traveling down the wrong road, people try to get our attention. Maybe a friend says, 
Friend, I'm worried about you. I see things happening that I don't understand. Uh, Is there something I can do to help get you on the right road? Or maybe your boss calls you in and says, hey, your performance is going to have to change or you're going to have to find another place to work. Or maybe, uh, you know, the teacher writes a note at the top of your paper that says, come see me after class. I've got some things I need to talk over with you. I don't know if God sent this famine or not. I do know it got the boy's attention. Verse 15 and 16, the, the boy went and persuaded a local farmer to give him a job. At least he would be able to eat, right? And here's the job he got. The farmer sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. Now, that is a job no Jewish boy should have, right? Pigs, they considered them unclean, probably literally and figuratively, right? And so here was the job he had. He's out there. He's feeding these pigs. And, uh, you know, he is, he is so hungry as he has this pig food in his hands, he is so tempted that he feels like eating that food. Now, I have, I have fed a lot of pigs in my life. As I said, I grew up in the country. Not once did I ever look at what I was about to feed to those pigs and say, boy, that looks good. You know? Not once did I taste it just to see what it tasted like. No. I wasn't about to eat that stuff, but this guy was so desperate. I mean, he was really hungry. That is a picture of regret. He's gone down the wrong road, and he realizes now he's at a destination where he does not belong. Can you see him holding that basket of pig's food? Or maybe sitting there, he's got his face in his hands, tears streaming down his face. How did I get here? Thinking, why, why did I ever leave home? And that's when he decided on making a course correction. Verse 17 says, he finally came to his senses. Another translation says, he came to himself. That describes the moment when he realizes, man, that was a wrong road. I see him sitting there, and one day, you know, he says, what am I doing here? How did I get here? Why don't I go back home? I'll just tell my dad. I'll be a servant. At least then I'll have food to eat. I'll have clothes to wear. And he gets up, and he goes the other way, down the same road. You know the, how the story ends, maybe. Uh, the father sees him coming a long way off. He goes out and greets him. He puts a ring on his finger. He puts sandals on his feet. He puts a robe on him. He throws a big party for him. But now I want to point something out to you. He couldn't rewind the clock. The money was gone. The father not once says, hey, don't worry, I'll make up for all that. I'll give you all that money back. No, not not at all. In fact, later on, the older son, the father says, everything I have is yours. Because that son has already had his, right? The money is gone. He welcomes him home, but this regret is kind of still there. How much better off would he have been if he had stayed on the right road all along? You see how important this principle is? The road you choose determines where you end up. And if you sense today, right now maybe, that you are on the wrong road, maybe today can be the day. Remember, your direction will determine 
your destination. And if you're headed to where you don't want to end up, it's time to make a change. And fortunately, that is possible. Why not do that today? Why not make this the day that you, to use the Bible's word, come to your senses? Why not make this the day that you stop following yourself and you begin to follow the Lord? Because that road is always the best road. I'd like to pray for us. Father, we thank you for the ways that you guide us and lead us. It's our prayer that you help us stay on that road, as narrow as it may be, that leads to life. That is where we desire to be. Father, we thank you that we were here today just to, just to pause and think about the road that we're on. Thank you for Jesus who shows us the very best way. In his name we pray. Amen.